Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome to hour number three of Green and Growing. Thanks for being here on a Saturday morning. A lot more to cover. And uh, teasing ahead a little bit to next Saturday, Dr. Joe Esposito has been a host here on WSB Radio for some time. His show is on Sunday evenings. He'll join me next Saturday to talk about uh, growing herbs and maybe some medicinal uses for some of those herbs. And uh, a little bit about camellias, a little bit about um, the Veterans Park ribbon cutting ceremony that I'm going to head to on Tuesday up in the Canton area and what the master gardeners in that area are doing. Some really good stuff. So hope you'll be around. And for this last hour, uh, still joined by Premier Tree Solutions, ChopMyTree.com. And you can uh, like or follow their page on Facebook at Premier Tree Solutions ATL is what you search. Premier Tree Solutions ATL. And uh, Jeff, I got to hand it to you. Y'all's social media is really, really good. Very timely articles, uh, really, you know, well thought out articles and things that y'all share. So folks could really benefit from that. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, actually, Lens Market Media helps us out with our social media and they do a great job. They do. They do a very great job with some relevant stuff. I've even stolen some ideas or a couple mm-hmm. of things uh, here or there from some of the articles, different ways to remove trees, looking at the eastern redbud and identifying some of the trees that are really starting to flower out. And uh, Raphael, we talked a little bit about uh, tree ordinances, but also homeowner responsibility and things like that. So some of the articles you all post cover that. Um, And finding you, chopmytree.com. Very easy. Yeah, very easy. I tried to make it that way. (laughs) Less is more. Yeah, Yeah, there's a map of the coverage area. The phone number's right there if they Mm -hmm. want to get in touch with you. Uh, How far out are we scheduling appointments now? Uh, Appointments, we usually can get to you within a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. What's your busiest time of year? What season? Usually sometime mid-February through... Christmas. Yeah. Wow. January kind of just. Everyone's like hungover from the holidays and they're not really thinking about (laughs) much outside in January. Well, we're talking about pine trees and uh, really not any way to make them uh, not be what they are. I mean, they're going to have pine cones. They're going to. They're going to have pine cones. They're going to grow to be tall trees. They're going to some, at some point, they're going to be a a nuisance for you, but you know, it's what it is. It's nature. And so what are, what are the common pine trees that we have here, Jeff, in in the Metro or North Georgia area? Southern yellow pines, most common, but you'll find uh, a white pine. Uh, you'll find, uh, Virginia pines. Am I missing anything? Loblolly. Yeah. Loblolly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I tell you, my mom now, in one storm back in 2008, managed to have two huge trees fall on the house. One vertical, like one going this way, the other one the other direction, perpendicular. So anytime a storm comes through, she's terrified, which I don't blame her. But the the most 
kind of threatening thing about a pine tree is the way it sways so much when the wind really gets kicked up in a storm. Uh, what are the main concerns about breakage or pine trees falling that we have to be concerned with, Raphael? Yeah, they do sway a lot, and it can be very scary. Um, what I tell people and our clients, uh, just look out for potential breaking points like cankers, defective branches, uh, cracks. Uh, I think you mentioned before lightning strikes. Sometimes yeah. you don't even see it, and it's up there on a the tree. Mm-hmm. Um, even a perfectly healthy and structural uh, sound that pine tree can uh, snap and fall at any moment. So they don't on, necessarily fall over from the root. They'll just snap in they, half. Or most snap of the, at the time, top. pine trees snap in half. Wow. Yes, yes. Uh, which is weird because we're just discussing this. They have shallow root system, mm-hmm. and uh, you see a lot more hardwood trees, oaks, and sweet gums, and other uh, trees uproot and have what we call the whole tree failure. And we see pine trees snapping in half, most common. Now, talking about pine trees, uh, something that you mentioned to me in the break, which is pretty interesting that I'd kind of forgotten about, but I'm sure we'll start to get some calls about bark beetles. Um, You said there's a few different types, so it could be a year-round issue with pine trees. What are some of the signs that we're going to have bark beetles in the pine trees? Uh, you got to look for the hose. And sometimes there's a lot of those hose in the trunk of the trees. And they're very easy to be uh, identified. Um, I don't see a lot of... uh, uh, woodpecker activity on, on pine trees. I think they're mostly in Bradford pears because a lot of people, they mistake yeah. woodpecker uh, damage for bark beetle damage. Uh, woodpeckers, they, they like to peck in a line, so it's very easy to identify where All those beetles. holes are in a row. Yeah, exactly. In a row, and they're about the size of maybe, like you could fit a number two standard yellow pencil probably Correct. in a hole yeah. from a woodpecker. And right? that's about the same size of sometimes bark beetle damage. Okay. So they can be, you know, easily mistaken, but, you know, the pattern of, of uh, damage sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times, uh, is with the woodpeckers is a line, and the bark beetles is all over the place, yeah. scattered. Now, bark beetle, is that going to be fatal to my tree? Uh, yes, oh, and they no. spread out very easily, so you have to be uh, proactive on those. Uh, when, once you see it, and uh, most of the time, once the tree is infected, it's really hard to get rid of it. What kills the tree is not the beetle itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the larva that, that is produced with the beetles. And I'm going to go a little further here. Sure. It's not even the larva that kills the tree. It's the, what's called the blue, uh, the blue fungi. I'm not saying it right, but it's the blue disease fungi. Um, that gets in, gets into the wood of the tree and it spreads out and you, the trees they get this blue fungi from the larva of the beetles so it's a cycle yeah uh however preventing the beetles from getting into the trees the most effective way to uh, stop the infection. Now, if my neighbor is having an issue with uh, bark beetles in their pine trees, is it going to be pretty uh, pretty assured that I'm going to have a problem too, or is the damage kind of uh-huh. You know, it could just happen wherever, kind of sporadically. Yeah, not necessarily. I mean, I've gone to a property and they've only attacked one tree and okay. there's plenty of pines around. Or I've gone to a property and I've seen 10, 12, 15 trees knocked out. Um, it just, I don't know we, we why do, they do what they do. We're not into beetle psychology here. Yeah. That's too bad because yeah. that would that would be a good moneymaker. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they do spread out. And like I said, once you see them on a tree, uh, that one particular tree is probably gone, oh, no. uh, which is unfortunate, but at least you can save the trees nearby. And the fungi is the blue stain fungi. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I definitely want to get into uh, another beetle that everyone is going to start being made aware of here in the next couple of weeks, ambrosia beetle and the damage identified with that. But first, we have a couple of good calls. Y'all ready? 404-872-0750. Up first, Stuart calling from Jonesboro. Hey, I just drove through Jonesboro yesterday. Good morning, Stuart. How about that? Um, yeah, hi, good morning. I've got a uh, 
nice oak tree. I'm not sure what variety, but uh, it's a good oh, 40 to 50 feet tall, and probably the middle third of it starting right below, right, right below where the canopy uh, starts to spread. Um, I've got a, a lightning scar. Uh, there's some rot starting to occur inside the scar. What can I do? Um, so most of the times when we see um, lightning strike damage, uh, the first thing you have to do is to try to identify the extension of that scar or the damage of the lightning strike. Uh, that's called bark tracing. Sometimes it's practical to do it. Sometimes it's just not because it's too high up in a tree. Uh, try and do that. Let me know, when did that happen again? Um, oh, it's been a couple of years. A couple of years now. If it's been a couple of years, then it wasn't as bad as we may be uh, assuming. Um, if the tree made it this far, uh, maybe you can prune out some of the dead branches and the dead part of the canopy that got affected. Uh, and I, I, don't see any, I don't see any branches affected. It's, it's just the trunk. It's just the trunk. If that's the case, the branches are still up there and, and, and live and, and vigorous, then I wouldn't do anything about it. Okay. The tree survived. That's mm-hmm. easy. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're in good shape. <laughs> Even with the rod inside the uh, inside the scar. Now, you got to take a look at, you said it's about 40 to 50 f- uh, feet tall, so I'm assuming it's not that big of a tree. Uh, I'm assuming the diameter is around, what, 15, 16 inches in, Sounds about right. in the trunk. Uh, I doubt it that that tree's hollowing side is too young to be hollow. Uh, however, I would take a further look into that damaged spot to see if there's any decaying spreading inside. Okay. And if there is? If there is, again, <laughs> uh, when it comes to decaying inside the tree, trees, they seal the one themselves. There's not much you can do about it. Um, so you just have to monitor it. And the first signs that you're going to see if the tree enters um, decline is the canopy. So you just look up, look for dead limbs, dead branches. If you start to see your tree declining, that that's probably a problem that happened uh, because of the lightning strike. But like I said, it's been so long and it's such a young tree. Younger trees are, are, are more vigorous and, and healthy, and they should be able to recover that just fine. And what does a lightning strike look like? Like, I think I've seen different pictures, you know, where literally one can just kick off the bark completely. Um, I think I've seen a picture of almost like a, you know, say that the bark or the tree is like a light gray, maybe almost a brown, but that lightning strike looks like a light brown just streak, you know, down. So it'll look kind of different, I guess, depending on what tree it strikes. And it's amazing how different they can look, right, Jeff? Sometimes you see one long streak from the, the very top to the bottom of the trunk. And sometimes, like you mentioned, the trees, they explode their boxes. They bark everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's when the tree dies immediately. Yeah. Sometimes trees, they're going to go next day. Wow. Um, sometimes they take their time dying. Sometimes half of the canopy is dead, which mm-hmm. means eventually the other half will die as well. Um, so you just got to have to wait and see. There's not really much you can do when it comes to lightning strike, unfortunately. This may be above our pay grade, too, but <laughs> thinking in uh, you know meteorology terms of like cloud-to-ground lightning, where maybe the lightning traveled through the ground and up into the tree versus the lightning coming out of the sky and striking like a taller part of the tree, which I'll be able to tell the difference. I would almost think the lightning that strikes the ground and hits the tree is going to be a little more damaging. That's very interesting. Yeah, I, have yeah, no I idea. don't know. <laughs> it does crazy stuff. I mean, I've had homeowners tell me it hits a tree, 
ran across the yard, hit the AC unit, went into the house. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's almost inexplicable. I'm not sure. Well, uh, Stuart, that was a great question. Thank you so much. Time to take a break. When we come back, though, we'll talk to Rob in Johns Creek, a 20-year-old maple tree, maybe not full of fully developing anymore. So what's the advice? Do we take it down? Do we not? We'll ask Rob. And a uh, little bit more on green and growing. Stay tuned to WSB. All right, the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Partly cloudy today, may have some wind gusts, 10 to 20 miles an hour, a high almost reaching the mid-60s, and then tomorrow, sunny skies, high around 66. Green and growing! Green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. So I can't really recall when in my top three things to do, I mentioned ambrosia beetles. Maybe I'm ahead of myself. Maybe it's next Saturday, but I'll give you a hint. An, an early top three. Number one, be on the lookout for ambrosia beetles. I'm going to ask Raphael about those and what it means for your tree in just a minute. Number two, you can divide and transplant perennials when they're just poking through the soil. Maybe now like hostas and things, easy to dig up and divide those clumps. And number three, this weekend, you can certainly fertilize your tall fescue. This is the last application of fertilizer. You obviously feed it when it's in active growth and it's starting to wind down. So active growth is from fall to early spring. The three times you want to think about it is September, mid-November, and now just any brand of turf fertilizer probably going to work. 404-872-0750. So talking about bark beetles and how the damage of, of those guys on pine trees is pretty extensive. Uh, People will start calling here in the next few weeks, I guarantee you, Raphael. Why are these sawdust-like toothpicks sticking out from the trunks of my crepe myrtles, uh, sometimes my maple trees? That's that ambrosia beetle boring into the tree and probably not a good sign for the tree. No, it's not. That means your tree is already infected. And at that point, it's probably too late, unfortunately. So what you can do is try to prevent and stop the invasion and to spread out to other trees. Uh, it's very easy to identify when you see those toothpick-like, like you mentioned before, uh, sawdust coming out of a tree. Sometimes they just stick and stay standing up there on the tree, which is very weird. But It is. Yeah, and uh, you can also see sawdust around the trunk of the trees. That's another easy way to identify that your tree is infected with beetles. Um, a couple of things you can do is once you identify them, uh, injectables are an option. Uh, we have a pesticide, the active ingredients, imamectin, benzoate. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Uh, once we inject the pesticide, it kills the beetles and it kills the larva. Um, so that's a good way to uh, either stop the spread. And like I said, once the beetles are in, it's very difficult to contain uh, the spread on that yeah. one particular tree, but you can prevent uh, new infections to other nearby trees. And a certified arborist such as yourself, Raphael, would know kind of the life cycle of these pests and the right time to apply those injectables. So really folks need to rely on someone with the knowledge of when the time is best. But as I said, if now folks are going to start seeing the damage, that means it's too late, right? That so we means get it's to too it late. Early. Yeah, if they're seeing it now, that means it's too late. And like you said before, uh, each case is uh, it's it's different. Uh, there are different types of species out there and beetles. So you have to identify the type of pest you have in a tree. And there are different times of the year where you have to perform the application mm-hmm. and take action. So yes. Oh, and then we're going to start getting calls about fruit tree pests and all kinds of things. And as I mentioned with Kirk Mellish's blog, which I shared on the Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB, uh, Kirk Mellish's blog for spring trends. 
The fact that it's been so warm so early means an earlier onset of a lot of those insects that are going to be bothering us. Also, a longer pollen season, so prepare yourself for that. Uh, When we come back, I want to talk to Rob and Johns Creek about that maple, what may be wrong with it. Hopefully, we have some good news for Rob and Rebecca from Pike Nursery coming up to talk about fruit trees. Plus, any more tree questions you have, 404-872-0750. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome back to Green and Growing. Can't wait to hear from Pike Nursery about their inventory of fruit trees. Some exciting stuff coming up here in just a minute. But calls about tree health, tree problems, maybe proper planting techniques because I've Rafael Santiago with me from ChopMyTree.com, Premier Tree Solutions. So up next, he's been patiently waiting, Rob calling from Johns Creek. Good morning, Rob. Good morning. Oh, a problem with a maple. Tell us what's going on. Well, it's uh, I think about 20 years old. It's about at least 30 feet high. Diameter about 14 inches, but last year the leaves didn't come out all the way. And I put some fertilizer down, and I don't know whether it's going to survive or not. Now, this is the first year that you're noticing this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Last year it was only halfway the leaves came out. So what, what happened on the other half? It literally was just limbs throughout the growing season? That was it? Um. Well, no, the leaves came out, but they were only half the size of the year before. Oh, okay. So it did leaf out, but the leaves were small. They were kind of stunted. Okay. Um, and so they weren't fully leafed out, but and now it's coming back this year, and uh, I'm not sure okay. what to do. So, um, Raphael, let me ask you, if there were signs of some kind of decline in the maple tree, what would Rob be seeing? Hey, Rob, good morning. Um, I want, I'm going to start with the most common problem for maple trees, okay? Uh, do you have any uh, obstructions on the root system? Do you have a driveway right next to the tree? Um, uh, I've got a, well, not really. I've got a wall around it, but it's at least eight feet away. Okay, compacted. Compacted Strong. ground around the tree. Do you walk around it? Do you have mulch around it? What's the situation there? Yeah, well, it's got mulch. Mulch. And, uh, so it's not yeah. a soil problem. It doesn't. It doesn't look that way. Okay. Um, no, and I, you mentioned yeah. that. I'm sorry. You mentioned that the leaves they did come out. They were just not as large as they usually are. Yeah, exactly. Growing season. Much smaller. What about the coloration? Does it, does does it have a different color? No. No, same Not green. That I noticed. Okay. That's good. Yeah, the signs of a decline when the tree enters decline, the 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 size of the leaves they change, they they decrease in size, they shrink a little hmm. bit. Uh but the color also changes. You see a lot of chlorosis, right? You see the leaves turning yellow. Um if he's saying that that's not the case, then it might be something else. Um do you have uh dirt or mulch up against the bark of the tree? Uh yes. 
does it look like a telephone post? Oh, yeah, like do you have the, the mulch so close up to the base of the tree that it's just shooting straight up? Yeah, the trunk is going straight up. Yeah, I've always had mulch around it, you know, pine straw. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. So generally, the rule of thumb for mulching, be it, uh, you know, mulch or pine bark or... Any material for yeah, that Yeah, any material, pine straw. Keeping it back from the base and the root flare just a little bit, maybe four or five inches away from the trunk. That way, it doesn't hold moisture up against the trunk and cause some rot there. So start by maybe raking that back a little bit, Rob. Um, but so tree le- or the leaves are a little bit smaller than what they should be. Um, just kind of sit and watch and wait for it to finish leafing out? A very common problem for, for maple trees as well is girdling roots. And that's something that he can't see if he's got a lot of mulch around the root system. So maybe doing some digging around the trunk flare, the trunk of the tree, that's going to expose, uh, expose uh, what the problem is if mm. that's the case. Um, and if, uh, if that is the case, maybe he can do some root pruning. He can do it himself. If he doesn't feel comfortable, he can contact an arborist and, and we can take care of that for and him. And are maples shallowly rooted? Like, is he going to see, you know, the roots at the top of the soil line? Most cases, yes. And is that okay? Yes. We don't need to cover those over with dirt, do we? Uh, it depends on how the extension of it. Okay. If it's too bad, then you can cover it with topsoil or mulch. Okay. Um, but it's, it's natural, just okay. like river birches. I'm sure you see a lot of mm-hmm. river birches with exposed roots. Well, Rob, thanks for the call. Keep an eye on it. Check back with me. And these guys are going to be back on at the end of April. So maybe an update when you hear them on at the end of April. Give us a give us an update on that. Yeah, once you kind of really get to look at the root flare, the base of the tree, and some of what's going on with the root system, that could tell a story. But keep an eye. Always look up, too. Keep an eye and make sure you, know, you see what's going on with the limbs as well. All right. Up next is Rebecca calling from Pike Nursery. Rebecca Kunamoto, a garden consultant and certified plant professional. I'm so glad you are on to talk about fruit trees. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So they are starting to bloom right now and it's a perfect time to plant them. The weather's cool. So they're going to have time to establish. Uh, Rebecca, my question to you, I've never planted a fruit tree, but I know a little bit about them. When I come into Pike Nursery, what is that going to look like? Is it going to look like a little twig coming out of a pot? Is it going to be this big thing in burlap? Or how are they sold? Um, most of our uh, younger trees are going to be three to five gallons. Uh, they're going to be reasonably priced at below $40. Um, they are going to be um, six to 10 feet tall and probably have a uh, trunk caliper of about um, an inch, so they're they're quite large. Okay, so pretty, yeah, pretty well established. But now we need to remind folks: most fruit trees that they're going to buy from you now, they're not going to get fruit as soon as this season, right? That's correct for the most part. There are some exceptions, but you're right. Okay, like figs, you said that that could happen. Yes, if you buy a fig, it's going to make figs this year. Good. Um, apples, plums, pears, and peaches—they're going to take a little longer. You might see some fruit, but not a lot. Okay. And I love the fact that you all are going to go into Pike Nursery. You're going to pick out the fruit tree that you want. And the garden experts there will give you the advice and kind of the other materials you may need to be successful in those first couple of years. Pruning is so important just to make sure the uh, fruit tree is going to become properly shaped to allow for good airflow and just a good shape to get all the sunlight that it needs to. So speaking of sun, uh, they do require a lot of sun, Rebecca. So give us the ideal place in the landscape and spacing that we need to consider when planting a fruit tree. Well, you need six to eight hours of direct sun to get a decent crop. And the, um, uh, the sunniest part of your yard is always going to be the best. 
if you have limited space where you have sun, you can always keep your tree trimmed to a smaller size to make sure that it gets all the sun that it needs. Perfect. Okay. Now, how do I know when I go to buy a peach tree or an apple tree, do I need more than one? Do they cross-pollinate? What? Tell me about that. When you come to buy, we are going to coach you through the whole setup. If you um, buy something that requires a pollinator, we're going to have another tree there that will make a good pollinator, and we will explain the whole um, uh, pollination um, uh, system to you. We're going to set you up with the right kind of fertilizer and the soil amendment. We're going to set you up to succeed. We want you to to be happy with your fruit tree. And yep, have the best chance possible. And now this is just a message from from yours truly, from the host of this show. If you're one of the ones that subscribes to maybe doing an all-over spray in your backyard, a misting for mosquitoes and that kind of thing, uh, fruit trees may not be for you, okay? You want to have a landscape that's very inviting to pollinators and to insects and things like that. So keep that in mind as well and that you're actually going to have the time to really maintain it. Uh Talking about types of fruit trees that do well in Georgia, go ahead and give us some varieties of some of these apples and peaches and plum trees that you all have in stock. Okay, and uh, a lot of fruit trees require a certain amount of chill hours, so the varieties that we provide are going to meet the chill hour requirements. We have Red Delicious, Yellow Delicious, Mutsu, Jonathan, Gala, Granny Smith, Fuji, Honeycrisp, Apples. Wow. We have... Peaches, we've got Flame Prince, Belle of Georgia, Alberta, uh, Rose Princess. We have the Dwarf Patio Peach. Oh, cool. Plums, we have um, Alderman Morris, Burbank, Methley. Pears, we have Moonglow, Kiefer, Orient, Ayers. A lot of people ask us if we have Bartlett. Bartlett does not do particularly well in Georgia. The Moonglow is excellent substitute for a Bartlett and it thrives here. Good. Okay. And going back to the patio peach now, is that literally, I mean, but the name would indicate to me, could I put it in a large pot and and it would do well on my patio? Exactly. Now the fruit it produces is about the size of a ping pong ball. It's not the best uh, peach to consume. It is a good pollinator. Uh, You can cook with it, but it's not a very good eating peach, but it does maintain a very small footprint and it, is fabulous when it blooms. Cool. All right. So some planting tips. I'm going to go buy that in the large container, bring it home. What do I need to do to plant it? You're going to um, um, dig your hole twice the width of the container, same depth, amend your soil with um, a, a good planting mix, use a good starter fertilizer with a root stimulator, and you're going to water on a regular basis um, once or twice a week minimum, you can use a soaker hose or you can use a tree bag to make the job easier. Uh, it will be need to water slowly and deeply uh, until it is well established. And that's going to be probably a year or two. Yeah, consistent moisture throughout the heat of the summer is really, really important. Rebecca Kunamoto from the Toco Hills Store Pike Nursery, thank you so much for the good information. Thank you. Oh, and one last question I wanted to ask. In the first hour, I had someone call about a fruit cocktail tree where different varieties you know, are grafted onto one rootstock, maybe um, pears and apples together or fruit cocktail with different citruses. Is that something that y'all carry? Um, we carry the apple um, cocktail and the um, uh, prunus cocktail. The apple cocktail is going to have two or three varieties of apples. The prunus is going to have 
a peach, a nectarine, and a plum generally. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the, the apple and the pear because um, it's like cats and dogs. They make good buddies, but they can't produce. Okay. Um, pears and apples are different. You can have pears and pears and apples and apples, but not pears and apples. Okay, thank and you. Well, those are the kinds of things that we want to help our customers with. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Rebecca. That is something so fun that Pike Nursery has in stock, along with, as she mentioned, the varieties of apple, peaches, plums, and pears, and trees and shrubs guaranteed for life at Pike Nursery. Of course, that includes fruit trees. So you save the receipt. You may have to uh, you know, present the tree if, if necessary two, three, four years down the road. But if it dies, Pike Nursery has your back. And tomorrow, the first day of spring starting at 11.33 a.m. But follow Pike Nurseries on Instagram, at Pike Nurseries, for a chance to win a gift card to help you kick off the planting season. 404-872-0750. When we come back, I want to ask Raphael and Jeff about growing palm trees in Georgia. Stay tuned. It's WSB. Back in the final moments of green and growing on this March 19th edition, the very last day of winter, officially, Uh, Spring equinox is tomorrow, March 20th, so welcome to spring. The weather forecast brought to you by Finley Roofing. Partly cloudy today, only a 10% chance for showers, high around 63. And tomorrow, sunny skies with highs around the mid-60s. So some final thoughts from Rafael Santiago and Jeff Roth from Premier Tree Solutions, Chop My Tree. Um, I want to ask you about critter clearance and how that is something that you've talked to homeowners about. What is that and what does it mean for homeowners? Um, that, that, that actually consists of about 30 to 40% of our work, especially during the summer. Yeah. That's when the trees put out some new growth and you see those long, extensive branches reaching out, touching your gutters and your roof and your, and your siding of your house. Um, and like Jeff mentioned before, that's even common for, uh, uh, palm insurance, uh, insurance companies to require, uh, the pruning of those trees because they're encroaching the gutters, they could create problems. So those uh, those branches, they make up for bridges pretty much <laughs> for rodents to jump into your attic and you know, make I've a mess. I've seen a squirrel jump pretty far, but yeah. let's not make it easier for them, right? That's right, exactly. <laughs> so let's make their life a little bit more difficult. Yes. Uh, but yeah, they can't jump pretty far. So we like to keep a gap of 10 to 15 feet away okay. of distance um, from the nearest branch to the gutter of the house. Uh, and we do a lot of that type of work when, like I said, when, when comes spring, or summer, and trees put out new growth. Okay. Very common. And uh, Jeff, is there any job that's too small for y'all to do for a homeowner? No, no, there isn't. Okay. We take them all. How do I make an appointment? Go to the website, chopmytree.com, uh, fill out the contact us page, and Heather or Paula will uh, get in touch with them and schedule an appointment, typically with uh, Raphael or John. In the old-fashioned way, the phone number's right there, biggestlife on mm-hmm. chopmytree.com as well if you want to do that Monday morning. You can morning. do that too or just uh, fill out the uh, contact us, uh, hit send, and uh, we'll get back in touch with and you. And you'll come out for free to That's assess right. the job. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Now, I do have a special message uh, from one named Rose. <laughs> Jeff, I believe that you have a birthday coming up on Monday. I and do. Yeah. Rose would like to wish you a happy birthday, and Thanks, so would honey. I. Well, thank you. Love it. She's up sure. listening. Of course she's up listening. Yeah, of course what a supportive she's spouse. A sweetheart. Right. Yeah. And you've got a great spouse too, Rafael. Oh, I don't know you. if she's up. If she's sleeping in, I can completely She's understand. listening right now. She hey, texted me. Yeah. All right. And congratulations on the new house. Thank you. Very thank excited you. for you guys. Appreciate thank it. You. Well, listen, I love that you guys are back and you will be back. We're tentatively looking at April 23rd uh, for the next Saturday for Premier Tree Solutions to be on. So if you did not get your tree questions answered, uh, go ahead and 
wait a month or hit me up now. And in the meantime, what I've also done is I love having a direct line to Jeff and Raphael. If you send me pictures or something that's just really uh, just kind of a, a head scratcher, I have been known to pass it along to you guys. And when you all have the time, I've so appreciated that. And listeners have too. You'll get me an answer and I'll Absolutely. get back to the listener. Sure. So you were here for us 24-7. We appreciate it. ChopMyTree.com, very easy to find and follow up with me on the Facebook page. Search Green and Growing WSB. And for those of you that I didn't get to, uh, Mark and Alpharetta successfully overwintered a geranium, it sounds like, which is fantastic, and slowly moving that back to the outdoors. Uh, Peggy wanted to control an overgrown garden. And then Jeff and Riverdale, advice about growing palm trees in this climate. Those are all great questions. Reach out to me. Uh, we'll give you my email address off the air since I didn't get to you guys. Jeff and Riverdale with a palm tree. That is possible here in Georgia. There's different types of palms that you can do well with. Go to WalterReeves.com, R-E-E-V-E-S, WalterReeves.com. Type in palm in the upper right-hand corner, and I promise you'll find a list there of good ones for the Southeast. Thank you all so much for your calls. Up next is Dave Baker, live from the Atlanta Home Show. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.